college football previews on Sportsbeat KC continues with today's look at the Kansas State Wildcats. It's Thursday, September 2nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We'll be talking with beat writer Kellis Robinette about the Cats, who begin the season with a pretty big advantage. Skylar Thompson returns at quarterback. He started 30 games in his career, but was injured in third game in 2020 and missed the rest of the season. We'll break down the team and discuss the pros and cons of Kansas State opening the season in a high-profile encounter against Stanford at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas on Saturday. I gotta tell you, I love this game, and I'd like to see Kansas State find more opportunities like this in the future. After a break, you'll hear from K-State coach Chris Kleiman from his press conference this week. So let's get started talking K-State with Kellis Robinette. Okay, Callis, it seems like in with, with Kansas State football, and this is probably true for most of college football, there are two ways you can go with a season opener. Uh, one way is, and the more, more, most common way, is to play an opponent that you are paying to uh, arrive at your stadium and, uh, and, and you're going to be favored heavily. Sometimes it's an FCS opponent or a group of five team, or uh, in – in this case, you're, you're playing a, a power five equal and Kansas State plays Stanford at, uh, at AT&T Stadium in Arlington on Saturday. I don't think there's any doubt what fans prefer. Uh, I know coaches like it, uh, like, like the easier route, but um, this is this is a fun opener to, for Kansas State to play Stanford. I'm even I'm even over the fact that uh, the K-State's going to lose a home game. Stanford, this was supposed to be the back end of a home-and-home home with Stanford coming to Manhattan, but uh, I'm, I'm cool with it being at Arlington. I think this is great, and doesn't, Chris Kleiman feels the same way, doesn't he? He does, and players are pumped about it, too. Uh, personally, I've gone back and forth about it. When I first found out about it um, and was told, hey, there's a good chance Kansas State's going to move their Stanford game off-site, I thought it was crazy. Why would you have this game against Stanford? You know, that you're promising your home fans, you're going to take it away and play it somewhere else, especially out of state. But the more I've thought about it and the more I've talked to people who are actually going to be playing in this game, it seems like a really cool experience. Um, we talked to Deuce Vaughn yesterday. He said he's got 84 friends and family coming, which just blew my mind that he, he might have a bigger personal cheering section in this game than Stanford has. Um, just think about that. He's from Round Rock. He's, he grew up dreaming of playing in the stadium. Skylar Thompson, you know, not from the area, but he's played a lot of games at Kansas State. He said he was um, just beside himself with, with excitement when he found out they were going to play here. And it, it just seems to, you know, not only is it Stanford, but it's it's in a really cool venue, a place they don't go to very often. I think it's added an element, an extra element to this game you wouldn't get um, otherwise. And, yes, maybe they do have to give up a little bit of home field advantage here. But like I mentioned, there aren't going to be many Sanford people in the building. It's going to be treated as a K-State home game. They'll have the the, the crowd there. I, like I said, I've gone back and forth. I'm actually now in favor of it. I think as long as you don't do it too often, it's a pretty cool way um, thing to do. And and honestly, any anytime you can mimic Alabama, USC, Georgia, these schools that all go off-site uh, in the first week of this season to play these big games, you might as well do it. So, yeah, yeah here we are. Countdown is upon us. Um so how many are expected? I, I don't imagine they're going to fill it up, but um, 40, 50,000? Uh, that's probably a little generous. So stadium capacity is 80,000. I think it'll be under half. Um, most of the projections I've heard, now this is not uh, taking into a, uh, consideration a walk-up crowd, which they think will be 
somewhat significant. But with without the people who just show up on Saturday and say, I want to buy a ticket today, they're expecting about 30,000, which when you consider that it's the vast majority of those fans are going to be K-State fans traveling across state lines, like Bill Snyder used to famously say, and go to this game. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good number for Kansas State. If they're playing a, you know, a, a team with a little bit bigger following, national following, and could match that, you'd have a, a much bigger crowd, something like 50,000, 60,000. Um, Stanford, I've heard projections as low as, you know, two, 300 fr- fans on their end. So they're not, they're not helping, which I'm sure Kansas State's probably fine with in this per- uh, particular situation. But I would say about 30,000 fans, it won't be uh, even half full. But honestly, I think that'll be a good, a good amount of program. And, and we'll hear from Chris Kleiman after we take a break. But he, you asked him about this, and uh, he mentioned, you know, it, you know, it, it's not like they're going to any neutral site. They're going to a site where they recruit and where they have a pretty large alumni base. I think that that matters in decisions like this. It does. You're right. It's not like they're going to Lambeau Field or something where uh, they're not going to get a whole lot of recruiting advantage, but. Uh, DFW and Texas in general, um, other than, you know, Kansas city and the state of Kansas is by far their biggest recruiting area. They love to hit that area. They get a lot of their best players from Texas. Malik Knowles is the number one receiver played, uh, right in the area at Mansfield, Deuce Vaughn, Round Rock, Texas, three hours away. They recruit Oklahoma heavily too, which isn't very far from Dallas. So I think this is a really nice, um, you know, way for them to, to tell recruits in the future, hey, we played this game in the stadium. It worked out really well. Maybe we'll do it again. I don't know how often, um, you know, they'll go to this well and play off site. We'll have to see how the, the season goes. Um, but I went back and looked. You, you want to hear the full list of uh, neutral site games for Kansas State in the regular season? Yes. All right. So we've got we've got two games at Arrowhead against Iowa State when Farmageddon moved there about a decade ago. They opened the season against Cal and Iowa, two games I think you were at, yeah, also covered, at Arrowhead. Yeah, both of them. And then in 1992, they left the country entirely to play Nebraska in Tokyo, Japan, um, which I still wish uh, if there's like one weird event I could go back in time and watch. That might, might be it. Like, think about that. You got K-State, Nebraska, neighboring states. Let's go to Japan and play. It just they, seems crazy. They shared a plane. Uh, they shared, yeah. over there. A lot of stories from that trip. <laughs> Lots, lots of great stories. So anyways, that's the list right there. This will be the new one. This will be the next one. First time they've played in the state of Texas for a neutral side game during the regular season. So a little bit of history being made. Okay, let's talk about the team that Kansas State will be taking down there, starting with uh, Skylar Thompson. Uh, Chris Kleiman has said that don't, don't be surprised to see a couple of quarterbacks on the field at the same time. But I think we're, we're all going to be curious about – Skyler and you know, you know, Kenny shake the rust off of the inactivity from from last year. What are the what are the early signs tell you? Yeah, that's I mean that's that's a concern. He hasn't played since um, last fall when he got injured against Texas Tech, and it was a rough time for him to go out because he was just coming off a really high uh, high of, of beating Oklahoma on the road for the second time, and it looked like he was really hitting his stride. So. That's a lot of time to go without playing live football. Um, I think it's a legit question. Are there going to be any nerves, any rust that needs to shake off in the first quarter? But if there are, if there is any of that, I think it'll fade away awful quick um, just because he's got more experience than um, – I think he's made 30, 30 starts, and there's only nine other quarterbacks in the country who's made more than he has. So he knows what he's doing. He got in a full, uh, full camp. It's not like he came back last week and is going to be on a pitch, pitch cat or anything like that. 
he's been the guy all preseason um, and even got in some work during spring. So I think he's going to be ready to go. Um, I, I'm not worried about rust. Uh, if there is anything to worry about, it's just that uh, the receivers are a little bit different than last season. Um, the running back situation is going to be a little bit different than last season. How do they incorporate all those things together? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more eager to see how that works than just, oh boy, can, can Skylar Thompson throw at a target accurately? I got to admit, I don't know much about Stanford. Um, so what are the prospects of this offense being able to operate against the Cardinal? Kansas State's offense? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know that every ins and out about Stanford. I asked uh, Chris Kleiman if he could compare Stanford to anybody that uh, is in the Big 12 or even anybody he's played since he's been at Kansas State, and he drew a blank. He could not. So that they're, they're that much different. They're even actually – um, uh, breaking out kind of a unique package for this game just because Stanford does play such an old school, physical, big style um, uh, on both sides of the ball. On defense, Kansas State's going to use three linebackers, which we haven't seen uh, hardly any of since Chris Kleiman has been here. He's, he's preferred a, an extra defensive back and kind of a nickel situation. Um, but because Stanford is, plays more, you know, power run, they're going to get an extra, extra big body on the field. And I bet they lean the same way on offense. Um, Sanford is, uh, is geared around stopping Pac-12 offenses, and, and they like to uh, try and stop the run as much as they can. Um, the interesting thing about them, though, is that last season they were not very good against the run. They were one of the worst Pac-12 defenses um, in that regard, gave up you know, nearly 200 yards a game. I don't know how much you can take from that because they only played six games um, in a weird COVID season. But if that's still a weakness, I think Kansas State will try to exploit that as much as they can. And maybe that helps Skylar Thompson in that they'll be able to hand the ball to Deuce Vaughn, Joe Irvin, go play action. They won't be asking him to go out there and just throw bombs right away. You bring up a good point. I think it's hard to get a handle on teams uh, from the Pac-12 because they played so few games. I, I think it's probably true for a lot of teams. It's, this is so different. You've got um, you know. A, a glut of fifth-year players in in the in the game this year. Everybody had a you know free year of eligibility. Um, it, it's just so odd to to get a handle on teams in the preseason. But but with Kansas State, I, I I'm feeling somewhat optimistic that this can be a an upper division Big Twelve uh, team that you know they can you know fifth or better. And um, I, I think that's is that, is that the vibe you get from from this team. Uh, I think so. Yes. Um, there's a lot more um, optimism in Manhattan right now than I kind of expected. Um, seems like everybody's kind of forgotten the way last season ended with, with five straight losses um, there. It, it just kind of seems like that's been, been washed away and with Skyler back and Deuce Vaughn back and a whole lot of new faces on defense, they think they can make a jump here. Um, I, you know, I, I think the Vegas under, under over the game for wins at five and a half is, is too low. I think they're back in the bowl game. I think, um, I think they'll win seven, maybe eight games if things break right for them. And I, I say that because I think this is the best offense they've had under Chris Kleiman. They've got the ex experienced offensive line finally, which he really likes. He's been with them for three years now. Um, they've got the quarterback, quarterback back. They've got a running back back. The only real question is, is receiver. If they can, Last, last year, I would say they were the worst unit in the Big 12 receiver-wise. If they could even elevate that to seventh, I think that's that's enough for them to be a, a top-five team in the conference. 
Um, there are obviously questions mark, question marks on defense with seven new starters on that side of the ball, but I honestly think that's a good thing. The defense was so bad last year. I don't think he wanted a lot of the same guys back. It's kind of like when you look at the K-State basketball team when they finished, you know, at or near the bottom of the Big 12 standings of back-to-back years. They bring in a lot of transfers. That's a good thing. You don't want the same guys who finished near the bottom of the standings back. Um, so they, they've upgraded talent on defense. And if, if they can kind of mask their issues at linebacker, I, I think they do have what it takes to uh, – to at least surprise some of these low expectations are out there. I, I, I think, again, the five and a half win total, you know, famous last words, maybe I'll be wrong, but I think that's way low. And a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to openers un- under Kleiman. Um, there, there really isn't a, a lot of evidence, you know, from his Kansas State tenure. Uh, but last year was a disappointment in, in, the, uh, in the first game when they lost at home to Arkansas State, losing a lead in, in that game. And Skylar Thompson played in that game. So, um, but again, as, as we said earlier, last year was such a bizarre year, everybody dealing with the, 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 the pre-vaccine portion of the pandemic and, you know, just different practice uh, schedules for everybody. I, I don't know if we can take anything uh, out of, you know, how Kansas State performed in the opener last year and, uh, and use it to project how it might <laughs> Well, that that was just an opening week last year. was just so weird for every Big 12 team, right? Because they they all seem to go out and and schedule these Sunbelt teams who had already played a game. And, you know, the old adage, you make the biggest, the most improvement you're going to make all season is between games one and two. You saw it last season. These Sunbelt teams that didn't necessarily look great in week one came out and beat all these Big 12 teams in week two because they'd already had some experience under their belt. And that's why I think Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State all lost to Sunbelt teams last year. Um, this well, year, well, you know, Iowa, if, Iowa State and Kansas, <laughs> Kansas State for sure. Well, <laughs> you're right. You could you could reverse it for KU and uh, have had them played six games. And I don't think that would have helped. <laughs> but you're right. This this year against Stanford, they're both playing from an even playing field. I think this will be a much better barometer. Okay. All right, Kellis, good stuff. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, you will hear from Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, excited to be back in game week, uh, and uh, I know the players are excited 
to be uh, facing somebody other than uh, each other for a practice. And so uh, just continuing on with our preparation. We had a pretty good prep week last week working on Stanford and had a little bit of a mock game on Saturday to just trying to get some of the bugs uh, ironed out with some of the new players as well as staffing. And um, now we're kind of just full speed ahead with our, our normal practice week. Really good football team we're playing. Um, seasoned group, very veteran group, uh, a lot of older players that have played an awful lot of football. And I think we're going to see that across the landscape of college football. Uh, we have a lot of older kids as well, uh, but that's just with the extra year and, and more and more transfers and grad transfers. I think you're going to just see that throughout the throughout the year. But uh, I'm really impressed with those guys on film, and we have to come up with some great plans offense and offensively, defensively, and teams. And uh, more than that, we've, we have to be able to execute against a really good football team. With Stanford's offense, do you expect them to continue to kind of get away from the power run game that they once were about or to kind of revert back to that style? Uh, you watch them on film. They're going to do what they do and I think that is run the football at you whether or not it's out of uh, multiple tight ends to a tight end fullback to um, extra alignment whatever it may be I, I think that's still an identity that they have uh, that um, you know if you can't stop them you're going to see it and so we have to do a great job of of trying to find some different uh, looks and different things to do to try to slow those guys down because um, they're going to try to rush the football at you and uh, I know that they I have really good skill kids and, and uh, quarterbacks that can spin it around as well. But uh, if you can't stop the run, you can, it's going to be a long day for you. Was it just the ascent that he made in the offseason camp, and did it kind of jump out at you? Um, not necessarily. Uh, Felix is going to play a lot for us. So everybody, there's going to be a ton of guys that are going to play a lot for us on the defensive line. So um, it's probably a, a body of work from the spring and summer with Felix uh, and excited about uh, what he has done and, and what he has accomplished in such a short period of time of changing his body. Uh, that being said, we're going to play eight, nine, ten guys on the defensive line, and, and we're hoping to split a lot of those snaps. And so, you know, nobody's playing 75, 80% so we can keep them fresh. Um, when you look at the defense now and all the new faces you have, starters, reserves, wherever it may be, how much do you think that unit has improved since we saw them last against Texas a few months ago? Hopefully quite a bit uh, with new faces, um, kind of a renewed focus, uh, a really good offseason. I know we're bigger, we're stronger. Uh, we're more athletic, uh, we're deeper, uh, doesn't mean that uh, we're automatically going to play better. It still has to come down to executing, and, and we talk all the time about uh, the limiting explosive plays, and you do that by playing with great technique. You do that by uh, tackling really well, and that's still an, an emphasis for us is we have to tackle really well. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of new faces out there. Um, we like what we see right now in fall camp with the improvements we've made on defense, but – you know, we're going to find that out in the first three weeks of the season in the non-conference um, as we move guys around because some guys are playing multiple positions. And so we need to continue to move guys around and find the best fit for everybody uh, before we get into conference play. So these next three weeks are really critical for us. Vera, do you sense a different personality on that side of the ball than you saw last year? I, I, I couldn't tell you that. Um, you know, we just need to be better. I don't know if that's a different personality, different mindset, whatever. We just need to be better on defense. Can you take me back to whenever it was first uh, 
brought up to your attention that you could play this game in Arlington, you and Gene talking about it or whatever. And what made you say, man, I really want to do this? A couple reasons. One, uh, what a great experience for our players uh, to be able to go down and play at AT&T where the Cowboys play. I thought that was going to be a great experience for our players, for our fan base, uh, and the fact that uh, uh, this is a year where we get the five home games conference uh, and rather than the four. So uh, with the schedule we had, we were able to uh, work this out so that we can still have uh, the seven home games for our great fans, but uh, uh, take one of these on the road where we have a great alumni base as well. Is this something you'd like to do more of in the future if you can mix it in? You bet. Uh, I think opportunities uh, for kids to play in different environments, I think, is is pretty special. It's pretty unique. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, in areas that we have big recruiting bases or areas where we have a big alumni base seems to make more sense. Okay, on the COVID front as of right now? Yeah, knock on wood. I think we have another test. I think it's either today or tomorrow. Uh, and um, we have, I think, just a couple of kids that are coming off of a, a close contact or a quarantine. So, uh, But, uh, you know, every week there's going to be one test uh, in, in the Big 12. And I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, um, knock on wood that we're doing a good job of, of keeping our social distance and, and uh, um, you know, not running into situations that you could you know, potentially be positive. It's been a while since everybody's played, but for Skyler, even longer being knocked out in week three. Do you anticipate there being some rust for him to knock off when he gets? No, I, I don't. The way he's practiced, not at all. Uh, I know there's an excitement for him. I know that uh, there's a comfort level. There's a confidence uh, in watching him practice and watching him uh, run the show on offense. And uh, I'm, it's more an excitement for me uh, and, and for, for him and the guys to get back and watch him play because he's playing at a high level. Coach, I noticed Nick Lenders was top of the depth chart at tight end, but those three guys all bring something a little bit different. What kind of flexibility do they offer you? Well, we're deep at tight end, and uh, Daniel and, and Nick and, and Sammy are going to play uh, an awful lot. Plus, we have the, the fullback position with Jackson and, and Barta and Christian. So we're going to we're going to utilize all those guys, um, and it's probably similar to the defensive line position. Uh, maybe there's a skill set better here and there, and blocking and receiving, but you you have to be able to do both. And uh, um, you know, Nick came off of. Uh, a surgery that he had in the off season. Um, so missed some of spring ball, but, uh, like what he's done, he's, he's a guy that's played an awful lot of football for us, has a lot of confidence. The guys have confidence in him and I'm, I'm excited for Nick to have a big season. And, um, you're finally getting the depth where you need it to be or closer to where you needed to be And now that you're into actual game week and preparation. Do you find that depth more accommodating to game planning? Yeah, uh, we do. Um, that being said, we're still learning so much about some of the new guys that although we're deeper at certain spots until they get the game experience, we may say, boy, that, that guy may be better as a free safety than is a strong safety or a field corner than is a boundary corner or a defensive tackle in a, in a, in a speed pass rush rather than a defensive end. Those are the things that we're still learning about with a lot of the, the new guys we have in the program. Um, but that's why we still – uh, on a weekly basis, do some K-State versus K-State good on good so that uh, we can continue to evaluate because this is a long season. And if somebody's not maybe helping us this week or playing in a limited basis, it uh, doesn't mean that's the end of the line for them. We're going to end up playing an awful lot of bodies this year. 
Finally, Deuce Vaughn uh, played as a true freshman last year. Now that he's had a full off season and a spring and all that stuff, how much different is he than a year ago? Uh, much more confident. He he was a, a real confident freshman as it was, but uh, just the amount of reps, the amount of pictures that he's seen, the the uh, you know the amount of carries he's had, as well as as receptions and stuff. He just uh, you can tell he's settled in, uh, feels so comfortable within the offense, has learned a lot of the nuances of our offense as well as the pictures that a defense is showing them. And, and so, you know, we're, we're thrilled that, um, you know, Deuce is an integral part of our offense and, and uh, obviously we need to find ways to get him the football. And Chris, two of Stanford stalwarts up front are Wade Perry and Booker at the end. What have you seen on film that presents a challenge for you? A couple things. One, they, they don't stay blocked. They do a great job of, utilizing hands and, and shedding blocks and making plays. And I think they rush the passer extremely well. You know, they, they've been uh, able to rush four and get home. They bring a fifth guy, play some man coverage. Um, but uh, they do such a good job of, of collapsing the pocket on people uh, and uh, just don't give you time back there uh, to throw the football. And so we have to be on point with, uh, you know, getting the ball out on time as, as well as some timing things uh, to try to neutralize a, what I think is a really good pass rush and what's your comfort level of the offensive line and its versatility with the injuries you mentioned last week yeah uh we're still gonna you know we talked about it on on monday with the offensive staff of being able to play uh at least seven probably eight guys and um you know, there's a good chance we could get a ninth in there. Katori missed last week. He's back this week. So that really helps us um, because Katori is going to play an awful lot of football for us. Um, Hadley Panzer, Dawson Del Forge have to be able to play in there and help us out. Carver Willis has to be able to play some and help us out. Logan Long's made really good strides uh, as a tackle, moving him from tight end last year. So whether or not those guys are playing 15 plays, playing 25 plays, or in a game where they're maybe only playing a handful uh, based on the amount of snaps we get on offense, I think it's going to be really important to keep everybody fresh, not only throughout a game, but throughout the 12-game the season. We've heard a lot this preseason about Malik Knowles, that the best thing he's done is just figured out a way to stay healthy. From your perspective, what, what's gone into that? Was that mental, physical, some kind of change in his regimen? What what was the deal there? You know, he, he made a conscious effort to take care of his body in the offseason. Uh was able to get a little bit heavier, a little bit stronger, um, playing with a lot of confidence. I, I so appreciate Malik because he's finally taken that ownership of a leadership role uh, on our team. He's he and Philip are, and uh, you throw Seth and Landry in there. We have an older group of wide receivers, but I just like the way that uh, Malik has uh, has brought in some of the young guys and helped those guys along. Um, his leadership has has really been on notice for me uh, as a guy that uh, people look look up to, and uh, you know. When he's healthy, he's played at a really high level for us. And uh, uh, right now he's playing really well. And um, I I'm excited for him because he's just – he's got a bounce in his step. He's, he's uh, you know, going after the football aggressively. Uh, he's working with Skyler before practice, after practice, just working on that timing. And so uh, we're all excited about uh, watching Malik and help. hopefully he has a healthy season. Does Stanford remind you of anybody in the Big 12? Is there a comparison you can make there? Yeah, I, it, that's a good question. I, I don't – not off the top of my head. Um, just with what they do offensively and defensively, um, 
yeah, they're just a, a really, really good football team that's extremely well coached. Um, they know the system. They've been a part of the offense, been a part of the defense. They're older guys. They're mature guys. They're experienced. You're, you're going to have to go out and beat them. They are not going to beat themselves, and that's the sign of a really well-coached team that I know Coach Shaw does a phenomenal job. He and his staff do that. They're they're going to make you beat them. They're not going to beat themselves, and so um, that's why I think this is going to be a four-quarter game, and um, I'm looking forward to, to watching to see how we respond um, when we do have adversity and how we respond as the game goes on. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for stopping by and talking Kansas State. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and Kansas.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they're all posted first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. It's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs who open the regular season next week, the Royals, the colleges. The colleges all start this Saturday, or KU's on Friday. Our soccer teams and more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Hey, and I also wanted to call your attention to something new. Maybe you know about the Star Z edition. That's the replica printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the e-edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can get access to a sports page that includes the evening news like Royals and all the baseball results. So, whether it is the Sports Pass, the full subscription, the e-edition, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sportsbeat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.